Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you're listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! Crowdfunders, how is everybody doing out there in the land of crowdfunding, the sweet, magical, savory place where all of your dreams come true with all the free money that the internet can provide? So if this is your first time, I am your host, Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel, CEO of Woodshed Agency uh, and the host of this podcast called Successfully Funded. And what we do here, if this is your first time, is we talk to project creators while they're in the middle of Kickstarter campaigns, Indiegogo campaigns, or their campaign has just finished up. And the reason we do that is that we want to give you guys the most up-to-date information on how to be successful, right? How, how to take your idea that may maybe started in the garage and get it fully, uh, fully funded on Kickstarter. So that's what we do here. So if this is your first time, again, thank you so much for joining in. We've got an amazing Amazing interview coming up here in just a little bit with Chase Larson from the company uh, Ampertech. And their new campaign is called Cell. And this is an expandable wireless charger that cleans your phone. So they're over 117K uh, with a bunch of days left. So really, really cool campaign. So again, hopefully you guys are, uh, you know, here because you want to check this interview out. That interview is going to be coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, So if you don't want to listen to my intro rant, you can go ahead and hit that, you know, that fast forward and you can get right to that meet, go listen to Chase and I have a conversation. But for everybody else, what's going on in my world, right? What's going on in uh, over at One Wednesday Away? So if this intro is sounding a little bit different, it's because I am literally recording this outside uh, next to my car with my AirPods because uh, we are leaving for vacation in about 30 minutes or so. And I needed to get this intro done. So just so you guys know, I'm um, I'm, I'm out. We're, we're going to go a little bit of a self-employed vacation is what we call it, right? So we're going up north with the, with the kids, got a cottage in northern Michigan, um, get ready to get the car. Like everything is basically next to the car. I'm staring at it right now. I need to go and pack the car and pack this roof thing that I got to attach to it. So, so I got that going on today. That's what's going on. So that's why, again, I'm outside. I'm on my, I'm on my AirPods. So it's not, our, not my typical setup. Um, but hopefully you guys can, uh, can fight through it, right? Just get through it. Just enjoy yourself, sit back and relax to my soothe, subtle tones of Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel. All right. So I, I, I'm going to rant a little bit here if you guys don't mind. So we, as a family, we're trying to buy a house. We have been renters for like eight years. I know it's ridiculous. We've literally basically have paid for almost probably at least three quarters of our house is what, whatever it would be worth. We've already paid that in rent over the last eight years. So that's really great. Um, but we went and looked at a house, uh, Sunday, excuse me, Saturday, Saturday, we went and looked at a house and it should definitely be in our price range. It's in our location. It's cool. It was hip. And you know, we basically, we put an offer in, and we're told instantly, like, listen, they, they have all uh, offers over what they're asking. So either you guys are going to step up and play ball and find a lot more money or you're not going to get this house. And at that point, it's like, it's just, you know, it's one of those like, you know, knives in the chest, right? It's just like, ah, screw it. We're just, we can't compete. And the reason we can't compete is I learned a whole bunch about buying a house and being self-employed. Don't be self-employed and try to buy a house. That's basically my, my motto here. Don't be, if you want to buy a house, don't be self-employed because 
um, we learned uh, through this process that basically 60 to 65% of my income is not calculable for mortgages. Um, they only take the profits of the business, which again is split 50, 50. And again, we have a, a lot of deductions. So at the end of the day, basically they were like, yeah, you basically make like 13 grand a year. And it's like, well, that's just not, that's just not true. Um, so because of that, it means on paper, we can't, you know, we can't get a house, uh, you know, that's like 300 K. We just can't do it. We, they just, well, they will not take my income. Now we have W2s. I'm on payroll. We've done it for a couple of years now. We set this thing up like two, you know, almost two and a half years ago now so that we would be in a really good position to buy a house right now. And we're not. And it's all because of how we are, you know, categorizing our, our company. And it's been absolutely one of the most frustrating things considering just like how much I'm busting ass right now to make sure that we have money in bank accounts and investors and, uh, uh, you know, making sure everything is legit, right? It used to be that we didn't have a payroll system. Like I just took money out and I was told that it would have been better if I would have just done, kept doing that system instead of being having a W2 for the last uh, 24 months or so, eight or 19 months, whatever it is. Um, so it's been incredibly frustrating. So again, we go out and we look at this house and, you know, basically we can't even play ball. It's like, we, we can't even really be on the field. It's just, it's, it's, so our realtors humoring us. It's just this constant, like, screw this. I am not going through this process again. Now we have a house we're looking at. It's a friend of ours um, that is kind of already in principle. We're, we're good. So it's almost like a backup plan, but this house is, is going to need some work. It's going to need a lot of love and attention. And it, it, it's potentially like, a 10 to 15 year project to make this house, um, you know, cool and livable, but it's in our area and all this stuff. But yeah, it's like, that's the only thing we qualify for, even though we should, we should qualify for much more. We, we've actually had really good years here. Like, and I'm just, so Saturday was a real, you know, one of those kicks to the kick to the balls where you're like, yeah, you can't even, you can't even come close to this house. And it's, and again, we didn't look at a $600,000 house. We looked at a, $230,000 house. It's just bonkers. So been one of those things that I'm just incredibly like pissed off about that, you know, uh, this work we've put in, uh, busting the balls, making sure all of our, our shit's legit. Yeah. It doesn't qualify for anything. We, we just, we don't, uh, good. doesn't matter. You have a good credit score. It doesn't matter. You have a low debt to income. We just, we're not even taking your income. We're just not even going to take it 60% of it. So it's just been, it's just been great. And again, if I would have known that, I would have put all the money in my wife's name so that she would have been like she would have qualified differently than I am because I'm a, I'm a business owner. So, how do you buy a house self-employed? I mean, seriously, how do you do it? Unless you're making the books look weird. I mean, that's that's about it. So I don't know. There's that rant that's been this weekend. But you know, hey, listen, we're gonna get ready to go up north here. We're gonna be on a lake. We got friends going up that they're gonna be uh, within about thirty minutes of us, which is awesome. So that way, we have uh, we have we'll have some. Some, some 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 family friend time and my kids will have friends and, and then my sister is coming up on uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So excited for that. So, so, you know, this week should be great. We're also launching a campaign. This is the other thing about being self-employed is I'm going on a self-employed vacation, which means that I'll have my laptop with me the whole time because we're launching a campaign tomorrow. Like seriously, launching a campaign tomorrow that we think is going to go big. So I'm building ads right now before I launch, you know, I'm, I got, I got to send out the, the press release has to go out. The, um, yeah, we're just busting busting some ass right now to get the stuff done. Um, 
but yeah, this is also the thing about being self-employed. So it's great that I basically make my own schedule and listen, if I don't want to work on Thursday, I don't want to work on Thursday. But the other side of that coin is that there is no such thing as vacation. I even said it yesterday. I was picking up my kids from a friend's house and, you know, saying that like, yeah, no, I'm working on this vacation. And it's the facts is I've actually never been on vacation. I have never had a vacation. It's the facts. And when I say vacation, meaning that I completely unplugged, it's, it's just next to impossible. So not only being self-employed means that you don't, you're not able to actually buy the house that you want or even play ball to, to even bid on the house. Um, you also don't get to take vacation. So those are things that they don't tell you about when in this whole hustle harder, hustle harder, hustle harder vibe, right? They don't, they don't tell you that. They just really don't tell you that. But um, I got that going on today. So, but we're going to try to relax. We've got a little bit of a drive here. We got about four hour, maybe three and a half. Well, I drive really fast. So three hours and 45 minutes, maybe four hour drive today. Uh, get up there, get settled in, find out how, where I can actually get some internets um, because I will have to plug in tonight because I'm going to have our launch tomorrow. And, um, but yeah. So other thing is I'm looking for people out there. If you guys are watching the Netflix show, Dark. Tell you what, it's pretty good. We just started season two last night. My wife and I in bed and uh, laying in bed, you know, start watching uh, some TV. It's been good. Now it's odd if you if you're watching it, you know, it's it's taken some time to adjust to this like voiceover thing that they've done because I think it's a show out of Germany or something like that. Um, so it's like it's not subtitled. This it's like overdubbed with like English voices. So so sometimes the the mouths don't line up a little bit. So it's a little weird, but the storyline is it's very good. It's very good. Uh, I'm wondering if I'm starting to enjoy sci-fi a little bit more. It has a touch of sci-fi. It's all about time travel, right? So it's about time travel and wormholes and kids disappearing. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird. You gotta, it's hard to kind of follow. You got to follow a lot of characters. So you're really bouncing back and forth between a lot of stuff. Um, but really interesting show. If you guys are out there, it's kind of, it's going to be on my five for Fridays this week. It's coming out on, uh, on Friday, right? My five for Friday. Um, Cause I've really been enjoying the show. So I definitely recommend everybody going out and checking it out. So all right. All right. So with all that said, my ranting is over. I'll, yeah, I'm going to go pack my car here in a little bit so we can go on vacation. Um, but for everybody else, if you're thinking about running a crowdfunding campaign, you got to go over to woodshed.agency right now. Click on the blog section. Uh, go to the consultation button. You get 20 minutes with me. If you are enjoying this podcast, make sure you go and, sus- and just smash that subscribe button. I mean, just lay into it like you're a wreck at Ralph. Just get it right. So hit that subscribe button. Um, whether it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this, it, or maybe you're over on YouTube. Uh, you like it on YouTube. You want to see the video of the, these interviews, go over there. You can uh, subscribe there and get the little ding, ding, ding that you subscribe. That would be too, super, super helpful. Um, but, you know, I'd love to hear what you guys are working on. So again, 20 minute free call, set it up, click the button, go to my calendar link, find a time. Now this week I'm not around, but my business partner, Sean's around. So if you want to chat with him, uh, his calendar is also available. So a lot of options for you guys. And if that doesn't work, join our Discord community, um, all about crowdfunding or our private Facebook group. I mean, guys, it never ends. It never ends. There's always so much, so much stuff. So, all right, everybody, let's go ahead and kick my conversation with Chase. Let's talk about how they created this uh, this new product in the middle of a pandemic and, uh, and, and wanted to make sure that they really hit the timing right on this thing. So, all right, here's my conversation with Chase Larson. All right, Chase, the red light's on, so this is go time. This is when all the magic has to happen, so I I hope you're ready for it. You good? Excited. Looking forward to it. Awesome. 
Cool. Well, let's start off with a simple sound check. Uh, what'd you have for breakfast this morning? Um, I kind of rotate between three breakfasts. Um, try to make things easy on myself, so prepare it the night before. So it'll either be overnight oats, some sort of egg that I cook in advance, usually like a frittata or a smoothie. Um, this morning was the overnight oats. Okay. All right. All right. And just the oats, nothing else fancy with it or just, just go with the oats? Um, you know, you mix it up, have different things every day. Today was a uh, chocolate protein powder and peanut butter, um, some flax seeds. So try to keep it healthy, get a little protein in the morning. Well, I will say after, I think this is episode 207. I think this is the most advanced breakfast scenario because you're preparing it the night before. Most people are like, I don't know. I just had some coffee and a egg thing. Oh, so you're, you're, you're prepping it. You're, you're putting the work in. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got to. Yeah. Well, the problem is, you know, you run out, you go to the gym, you do something in the morning, you need something quick. You, right. you can't waste that time. Well, congrats. I think, like I said, I think you're in a category of your own. The Most people just don't, they're not preparing at the breakfast the, the night before. So, so good on that. So, well, why don't we, uh, instead of just talking about breakfasts, why don't we actually move over to why we're talking? Um, why don't you tell my listeners, one, who you are and what your product is uh, over on Kickstarter right now? Cool. Uh, my name is Chase Larson. I'm the uh, co-founder and chief operating officer for Ampere. Uh, our product is Cell, which is an expandable wireless charging sanitizer. Um, so, yeah, we launched this uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, we're going through almost the end of the month this month. And, uh, yeah, check it out. That's cool. So for our listeners who can't see it right now or haven't been to the page, kind of walk us through what, what do you mean about a, like an expandable wireless charger? And uh, I'm, I'm sorry, what is it sanitizing? Yeah. So there's a lot in there. Mouthful. What is it doing? There's a lot in there. Um, you know, we, we've launched a couple of wireless charging products before in the past. Um, our first product was Unravel. Uh, probably get into that a little bit later. But, um, you know, we've had a lot of experience with wireless charging. I'm based in China. You know, I'm very close with our factories over here. Um, it'd be lying if I was said that this wasn't kind of relevant in the current moment. Um, so, you know, this kind of sterilization, sanitation, whole area has become more and more popular. So, you know, we were looking at different things to do in this space, uh, but we wanted something a little bit more unique. Uh, so we kind of played to our strengths and made what we think is a great charging station, even if it wasn't a sanitizer that you'd like to have it on your desk. You can have your phone vertically. Uh, you can have your home phone horizontally as a phone stand. Uh, it's got an additional USB-C uh, output port, so you can charge something else at the same time. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it kind of serves the purpose of a phone stand on your desk that also has uh, a wireless charging built in. It's got two 15-watt uh, wireless charging coils, so it's a giant area. So easy to find the sweet spot, sure. uh, which I know can be annoying uh, with wireless charging. So we kind of took everything that we learned uh, from our experience in wireless charging and charging in general and uh, added the whole sanitation aspect to it. That's cool. That's cool. Now, for a product like this, I mean, this isn't the first rodeo, but what starts the process of kind of the idea to what I see on Kickstarter right now? Like, what has to happen for you guys? Yeah. Um, you know, we launched our first product a few years ago, and we have a lot of ideas in the hopper. Um, you know, a lot of things kind of at different stages of development, at different stages of ideation, um, you know, napkin sketches, you know, sometimes 3D renderings, um, you know, kind of always trying to look at what's out there, what's doing well, what, um, what we like, what you know, we find problems every day. Uh, and, you know, obviously if it's something like this, that you know, this area is very popular right now. Sure. Um, and so you know, a lot of the suppliers that we talk to are working in this space. Um, 
you know, a lot of customers are asking about this, you know, mm-hmm. you know, people requesting things that are antimicrobial or have a right. UV sterilization or, uh, you know, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, we were kind of funneled this direction, I think, um, it yeah. wasn't the smoothest, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we thought it was going to be easier than it was, uh, to be honest. And, uh, yeah, the, the development, we had a, a couple little obstacles along the way, but you know, we're really happy with the final product. So that's cool. So, so when you're talking about that, what is a, a time frame from the idea or being funneled into the idea to what we see right now in terms of at least like a prototype or, you know, how, how far do you guys have to take that before you go to the Kickstarter route? Yeah, I mean, it really depends. Um, you know, we try to get a lot of things going at the same time in terms of you know, thinking about products and bringing them far enough along to see if we have something or you know, if, there, if there's any there there. Uh, right. Oftentimes, there isn't. Uh, and so it's making sure you go far enough, far enough to see if it's, you know, makes sense if there's product market fit. Um, but not so far that you're spending tons of cash on something that you're not going to end up going through. Sure. Uh, so, you know, there's a little bit of a fine line there. Uh, you know, this product, you know, we've been thinking about it, you know, in China, uh, coronavirus hit a little bit earlier. And mm-hmm. so we were kind of quicker to this space than maybe US-based companies. Um, and so we started playing around with ideas of things that you know, we wanted to do uh, in this space, uh, you know, February. Um, you know, the idea really kind of solidified itself um, four months ago or so. Uh, you know, unfortunately we had a little bit of a detour where we were pursuing a bit of a different concept for a while uh, and took it farther than we wish we had in hindsight uh, before pivoting and doing something that was a little bit more ampere in the end. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So over that time frame, what would you say is the thing that was keeping you guys up the most? Like what was the biggest hurdle or obstacle? In the current product that we have, the hardest thing to solve for us uh, was the silicon accordion system, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, just that those hinges are not something that engineers play with a lot, or call them hinges, folds. Uh, right, right, yeah. <laughs> those seams yeah. yep. uh, are not something that is common. Um, you know, people use them for dog bowls and for some Tupperwares. Uh, but, you know, in this application, it's a little bit unique, and especially the vendors that, you know, we've got suppliers that are great that we worked with for a long time over here. Um, you know, it's new to them too. So, you know, it's finding a silicone mold shop that's comfortable working with that and, you know, really trying to figure out that design and having it work properly for exactly what we want to do. Yeah, I can imagine. It does seem like an interesting material. I mean, and it might be the, the biggest selling point visually just to the campaign too, right? So like, it's like a unique thing that you just, you can see yeah. it and you're like, oh, that's interesting. I mean, so. for us, we, we always try to have like a, a splash of color. Yeah. Um, you know, for all of our products, you know, something that identifies it as our brand. That's cool. That's very, very cool. So, you know, I, you know, you kind of mentioned a little bit, but like, as you're going down this uh, rabbit hole of product design, and, and I, I, I asked this question because I think it's challenging for a lot of, of uh, project creators to know to keep going. What are a couple things that you might be looking for to say, keep going down this design, keep going down, don't scrap it. Like, but are there a couple nuggets you're looking for that, okay, we, these things happen. It's really good. Or is it just gut feeling? Um, I'd say it's probably a combination of the two. Um, you know, we're probably not as tight lipped as a lot of, you know, say bigger brands about their products, you know, when we're developing them. 
Uh, we want to get a lot of feedback. We want to talk to yeah. people who kind of know the space, um, you know, even our buyers. Uh, yeah. So you know, we, we are pretty open. Um, and if people want to try to copy us from an idea, you know, more power to them at that point. Uh, so, you know, we, get, we, we kind of rely on, you know, a network of people that we can bounce ideas off of. And, you know, hopefully they're, they're being honest with us, and not sure. leading us astray, but, you know, uh, and then sometimes it's a, you know, a bit more of your gut feeling, but yeah, right, for this right. one, we got a lot of good feedback from a lot of people. So, uh, we wanted to push forward. That's great. What, um, where does Kickstarter and crowdfunding fit into your narrative of a product design, product launch? Like wh- where do you guys start to at least think about it, talk about it? Is it right at the beginning? Is it as you guys are building and going, wow, this would actually fit on the platform? Wh- where, where does that fit in? Yeah, we probably do it earlier than a lot of other companies. Um, you know, we want to get that feedback from backers. Uh, so we'll leave a product, call it the minimum viable product, uh, you know, if, you're, if you want to use that uh, terminology. But, you know, we want something that clearly shows it that works, but isn't 100% final. Uh, we want to leave some room for updates and changes and feedback. So, you know, I, I think there are a lot more brands on crowdfunding platforms that are launching products that are not, um, but companies that aren't developing totally whole unique things. And you see that when they, it's off the shelf, essentially. It's already done. Right. Um, they put their logo on something. Um, you know, when we launch a product, it's, you know, it's still in development. It works. Right. It's a prototype. It's fully functional. But, you know, we can still adjust it. And so yeah. uh, we just did a a stretch goal survey, which is something that we like to do, you know, early on in our crowdfunding campaigns and get feedback from our backers and, uh, you know, make some changes accordingly. So like, uh, you know, I, I used unravel earlier as an example, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, one of the requests from a a backer in that survey was low in the dark color. And that (laughs) went on to become our bestseller. Uh, you know, for this one, we had a, you know, a lot of feedback from the survey. And so we are making a mechanical change to it. Um, and, you know, that gives us about a week uh, to work with our factory to implement that before we have to make the decision whether we go forward with it or not. Uh, so sure. we're, you know, we're working closely with them. I was, you know, there until almost midnight last night, just kind of dealing with our, our suppliers, trying to figure out if this is possible. Wow, that's great. That's great. You know, so that mindset that you're in right now, I think, is also challenging for a lot of project creators to be that open, to take the information yeah. in. Um, is that something that you guys knew going into creating this company, creating what you guys are doing, that you wanted to be that open, or is it something that had to be learned and taught? Because again, a lot of people who call me to say, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I, I made it. It's, I made the perfect thing. And I'm always like, no, Kickstarter is going to tell you all kinds of stuff, you know? So be open to that. That's challenging for a lot of people. So how do you guys think yeah. you guys approached it, um, to, to work in your business, you know? Yeah, I mean, as a, as a company, we're kind of born and raised on Kickstarter. Um, you know, all of our, well, what we call hero products. So, uh, you know, the main products, the things that we, you know, developed from the ground up uh, are all launched on Kickstarter. Uh, some of the accessory products we'll add to our website afterwards and things that, you know, we'll use as, you know, gifts or, you know, add-ons or things like that. Um, but yeah, I think that mindset has just been ingrained in, in us since we started where, you know, the, the whole benefit of Kickstarter, one of the big main reasons we launched on Kickstarter is to get that feedback. You know, we want to know colors. We want to know order volume. We want to know, um, you know, heck, maybe this isn't working. Uh, we see right. that a lot with ads that, you know, we'll, you know, 
highlight different features and ads and see which ones get the clicks. And, you know, that's the direction that we focus on. So sure. Sure. That's cool. So, you know, for people thinking about running a crowdfunding campaign, what were you looking for data wise or behind the scenes to say that you're ready to launch? I mean, again, not your first rodeo doing this one, but like, what are you guys looking for to say, okay, you know, today's our launch day, the prototypes there, data's behind us. What, what are you guys looking for? Yeah. I mean, I'd say this one is a little bit unique compared to maybe the other ones in the past because it got delayed um, when we had to audible uh, essentially. And so, you know, we had a product launch calendar in our heads, um, you know, and on uh, of what we wanted to do this year and that delay got us behind schedule. And mm. so we probably did not do as much pre launch as we would do typically. Yeah. Um, and we really tried to leverage our you know, previous backers and previous campaigns. Um, gotcha. So, you know, that was a, a little bit nerve wracking in, you know, we had a little bit of a delay in the delivery of our last one. Um, you know, we had a couple issues with our first one and, you know, we think we've gotten better with each one, but, you know, still, you know, we hope that there was no resentment <laughs> there. And, uh, you know, we were very pleasantly surprised. Everyone was super positive. You know, a lot of the people who have backed it so far have been previous backers. Uh, comments mm-hmm. have been great. So uh, we're That's really awesome. happy to see that. That's great. Well, let's flip over to the actual Kickstarter because we haven't really mentioned it yet. So as that we're talking right now, it's about 20 days to go. Um, Over 1,200 backers, so a lot of backers. um, Up over, uh, you know, 110,000 over that, you know. So uh, obviously the campaign's going well. Um, What's been the most maybe shocking thing maybe behind the scenes, things that you didn't expect in this campaign compared to the other ones? Or is this one running just like all the other campaigns? I wouldn't, I mean, Coming from three campaigns for the brand, I wouldn't say we have like a, you know, a wealth of experience. Um, you know, it definitely is following a little bit of a different trajectory. Um, Unravel was a bit of a surprise for us in that, you know, we didn't expect it to do as well as it did. Um, and then we kind of amped up late um, with marketing efforts, you know, yep. seeing that your people were going there and kind of double down and triple down. Um, whereas this one, we kind of came hotter out of the gates uh, and, you know, trying to, to leverage more of that organic traffic. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Has there been like something that like a country that's popped up or anything weird that you guys just did not expect at all? Where you're like, holy cow, like, you know, Canada is our number one. I don't know, whatever it might be. Yeah. No, I, I feel like, uh, you know, we've had, uh, some issues in the past with, you know, something I've heard on your podcast also that, you know, you, you say you ship everywhere in the world. And then it comes time to ship and you learn that your shipping costs to these <laughs> yeah. obscure countries are out of control. Uh, so, you know, like many second, third time Kickstarter uh, campaigns, we trim down our, our countries that we're shipping to. Yeah. So yeah. fewer surprises on that front. Right. Uh, but also uh, we have a little, you know, the, the shipping costs are a little bit more predictable. Yeah. I, I stress it so many times. I'm like, you know, when, uh, whenever a client hires us, I'm like, just, you guys just were on, you worry about shipping. I'll worry about, you know, making a video because the shipping's yeah. going to kill you. The video, yeah, you'll have a hundred videos at some point. So, man, and I'll tell you what, uh, you know, just this year, I mean, logistics have changed completely. Uh, yeah, you know, I know, since we, you know, like our last campaign, we, you know, we finished that right before uh, Chinese New Year. And to get all of those fulfilled to our backers, you know, it took almost five months. And, you know, that was delays across the board. You know, China was shut down from the end of January and then, you know, through February and, you know, unable to get freight and unable to ship and the, the planes are stopping. 
And then by the time it's in the U.S., um, then California was you know, a bit of a, a mess when it landed at the right. port there. You know, it, it, and you know, we felt like we did everything right. And no matter what, it was another yeah. delay. Uh, along well, the way. So, well, let's talk about that because I think you guys have done a good job of this from the past campaigns and kind of looking at stuff. How are you keeping up then with communicating to backers and just letting them know, like, listen, you know, we're on it. Like, I, 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 it's not us being assholes, <laughs> right? We're on it. We're doing this. How are you always staying yeah. up on it, communicating, keeping everybody abreast of everything going on? How do you just, how do you stay to that to that tone and not ever get pissy or like, you know what? I am trying over here. Like, how do you stay that sort of upbeat on stuff? I mean, it's really hard. Uh, and, you know, I, I, you know, in the backer's defense, like <laughs> to say that, uh, you know, we probably could have been more transparent. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, when you're, when you're making a campaign for the first time, you want to share good news. Uh, and when it's bad news on top of bad news on top of bad news, it kind of wears people down. Uh, and you know, we probably should have done that, um, you know, more, just kind of more frequent bad news updates rather than (laughs) a a big bad news dump once in a while. Uh, but yeah, it was a little bit disheartening just seeing that, you know, seeing these things come up, uh, along the way, uh, you know, so that's something we we've tried to do, you know. And we think we've gotten better at is just a little bit more yeah. of that transparency. And, you know, we've, we've found that that's definitely the way to go. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's um, a weird thing. Are, it's, yeah, it's, it's another thing I tell clients. I'm like, just, you know, be open and honest because this community accepts it. I mean, there's a point where they're, they don't, but like we accept a lot, you know, like we yeah. get it. You know, we, 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 we do get a lot of the nuances behind the scenes and, you know, just let us know. Right. Like just let, yeah. let the community know. It's interesting. No, yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to kind of, you know, in a, you know, coming from almost communications in the more corporate sense where, you know, you right. kind of spin things that, right. that that's not the direction you want to go on Kickstarter. It, it, yeah. It's more that, you know, here's what's really going down. Yeah. And it's not yeah. the type of uh, press release that, you know, Walmart would be releasing. Right, right. No, you, you want to do like, here's the screenshot of the customs uh, letter they got sent to me. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm dealing with it. <laughs> like, you know. So I wasn't expecting it. She told me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, You know, so, you know, with 20 days to go, what are some of the strategies that you guys are doing as a company to keep that momentum going? Uh, I know you mentioned like surveying um, your backers and stuff, but like, what else do you do to just keep energy up and, and keep people coming and keep those, uh, keep that trough of despair as low as possible, right? In these campaigns. Yeah. I mean, actually we feel really good about this one. Um, you know, having shipped through what we just shipped through, we, you know, we, we know our fulfillment we know exactly what's going to happen. We've been, uh, you know, shipping for a while now. Um, so, you know, really for us, it's driving eyeballs to the page. Uh, our conversion rates are, are good. Um, you know, we, you know, our, our current backer community was great. Uh, but, you know, I think we've kind of reached the, the end of that, um, you know, where a lot of the backers that supported us in the past, if they're going to back us, they, they have, uh, and they're not waiting until the end to do it, to, to do it. Right. So it's, it's finding new people and bringing them there. So like kick booster is a great tool, uh, encouraging people to, to send their friends over for a small commission. Uh, we've, you know, we typically do all of our marketing advertising in house, you know, right now we're. Uh, exploring some other options, talking to some other agencies, trying to to find some different ways to drive eyeballs. Yep. Um, yeah, it's just getting a little bit creative. That's that's cool. That's cool. So 
what happens then? So campaign ends in 20 days, uh, money gets in your account, whatever, two weeks after that. Um, what starts to happen for you guys to start the process of getting uh, sell into everybody's hands? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're a small company. So, uh, you know, that money actually pays for the product run. Uh, so, you know, so we, we really do rely on that. Uh, so, you know, that, that order goes in the moment that that money comes in the door. And so, uh, yeah. And you know, at the same time, that also gives us the most accurate information when it comes to uh, colors and quantities and, right. um, you know, anything else about our order that, you know, that's another giant benefit of, of Kickstarter is that, yeah. you know, the big brands that are launching traditionally, you know, they're sometimes sitting on, you know, 20,000 pieces of something that nobody wants. Yep. And so, yeah. you know, you see them end up in a weird country somewhere for, you know, one fiftieth the cost. And <laughs> right. you know, that's, <laughs> that's not what we want to happen to our products yeah. at the end of the day. That's cool. And what, what, like for you particularly, what do you start doing in your role as the company? Um, you know, uh, obviously you're in China, so, you're, you know, meet with factories and, uh, and all that stuff, I'm assuming, but like, like what does your day look like um, to get these products out? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty focused on the product side. Um, you know, again, in a small company, people wear a lot of hats. Uh, I, you know, my, my role is chief operating officer, but if you put me in a big company, that very small part of my job would overlap with someone who's actually doing that role in a large company. Right. It's just kind of a, a catch-all for doing whatever needs to be done at that given point in time. Uh, so, you know, I, I, we work on creatives, you know, work uh, trying to you know, create some better video assets, uh, but you know, the vast majority of my time is, is on products. Uh, you know, we, I'm dealing with factories on a, on a daily basis. We've got a good team here uh, in Shenzhen that helps me and that, you know, we're with our suppliers. This, there's a lot of moving parts in, in this product in particular, yeah. uh, you know, between the silicone and going out to that, that supplier, we, we're very hands-on. Uh, we know the, you know, where all the components are coming from. Uh, we, I was drove to Guangzhou two nights ago to go to the testing lab. Mm-hmm. I was in Dongguan until midnight last night. Um, you know, it's, it's a great place to be that I can still travel. Um, you know, within China, and and be boots on the ground and be in the you know in the factory with our manufacturing partners. Uh, so yeah, that's the, that's the majority of my time right now. Gotcha. And and how is you know most times I'm, I'm talking to people who they're what you're. It sounds like what you're doing. They're emailing. That's an email communication back and forth. Did you make a decision to move to where you are to have that sort of boots on the ground as opposed to having to deal this, deal with all this through email and stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean, I came to China uh, in 2006 to study, uh, came back in 2008, uh, and then moved here permanently in 2009. So I've been here for the last 11 years full time. Uh, you know, a lot of that time was in Shanghai, and I recently actually moved down to Shenzhen, um, you know, in no small part because of the coronavirus making it more difficult to travel. Uh, when I couldn't make it down to Shenzhen for, you know, four or five months, uh, that really affected our business and slowed things down sure. because I was almost like everyone else, you know, doing, you know, a lot via email. Um, and yeah, that, that definitely slowed things down because when we can provide feedback in a day and the moment a sample is off the line that I can be there uh, touching and feeling and making adjustments that, you know, that time shipping to the U S looking at it, sending it back, providing feedback the next morning and they look at it. Uh, a lot of hours are wasted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree, man. I, I think most people would want to be in your position if they have that opportunity. Cause I, I couldn't imagine doing the email route on all the nuances yeah. of this stuff. I just couldn't imagine it. And the waiting of two weeks yeah, for everything, everything's gotta be two weeks, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I want this small change two weeks. 
<laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's nuts. So you start to see why product, I mean, when people are like, oh yeah, I think we should be able to get this out within at least like three months. And I'm like, you haven't done any research. It's just, there's just no way. <laughs> like, there's just, there's just no way. You know? Twice as long and twice as expensive. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that should be, <laughs> right, the, uh, the <laughs> right. Exactly. Cool. You said it's 10 grand. Actually it's 20 grand. It's doubling. Keep going. Two months, four. Okay. Four months. It. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're on, now we're, now we're uh, on pace here. That's cool. So, um, so I guess, you know, so, you know, what's this next year look like and how do you approach, you know, multiple Kickstarters, multiple products? What does like a year look like then um, for a product like this once the Kickstarter ends? Obviously, you start doing all the manufacturing. Like what, is, what does a whole year look like for you guys? Yeah. Um, you know, we have our other products that are on our website after their Kickstarter ends. Uh, mm-hmm. We try to move to Amazon and then to our website, um, ampere.shop. And... Uh, this year, this is our first product launch. I mean, we fulfilled uh, one that we did last year, uh, but you know, this year this is our first. So I guess it, in order, you know, we had uh, Unravel in 2018, Sidebuck in 2019, this one in 2020, uh, and you know, fulfillment kind of happened the next year, and then we launched the next product. So we've kind of been on that trajectory, uh, but we do, you know, we were developing all of these other products at the same time, and so we had a bit more ready to go this year. And so that's why we want this to be a quicker turnaround. And not only that, but I think it's more of a timely product than some of the other ones, which are a bit more uh, evergreen. So, you know, I don't think that, you know, keeping things clean is going to go away anytime soon, but I also think that it's uh, a lot more top of mind right now. So we want to get this on, you know, through uh, production and into people's hands as fast as possible uh, and then get our next Kickstarters up or our next Kickstarter up uh, here this year. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. So how about like the next five years? Like what, what do you guys envision for your roadmap? What, what your company is doing? Is it, is it staying in the clean, um, you know, division of this sort of stuff? Is it more charging type of things? Like what do you guys just see for the next five years in your roadmap? Yeah. I mean, we try to make things that you'll use every day. Um, and so, you know, there are a lot of products that are you know, very cool and very niche. And so like, yeah, if I have this exact situation, this is great for me. Um, but a lot of what we try to do is everyday things, um, and just make kind of interesting, um, functional, uh, creative, innovative products that you'll use every day. And so for this one, you just have it on your desk. It's your charger. If you clean your phone with it three times a day, you know, throw it in there for a minute. Um, you're probably better off, but you know, if you're not, then you can use it in a phone stand as a charger, as you're in a conference call, um, surfing the internet, um, whatever. So, you know, we have a lot more uh, products in that kind of space where they're innovative, but they're everyday. Uh, hmm. You know, coming up, we have some really cool ones that we're excited about in audio. Uh, that you know is a kind of a new space for us. So they've been in development for a long time, but uh, cool. we think uh, have legs. So we're Very really excited cool. about. It. Awesome, awesome. Well, I've been ending every podcast with sort of a lightning round questions that has nothing to do with Kickstarter. So if you're good with that, I'll shoot them over. You ready? Fire away. All right. Uh, what have you been watching in the uh, Netflix, Hulu streaming services? Anything? Uh, anything uh, caught your eye lately? Um. Really, we kind of go back to the old favorites that uh, allow you to unwind. Uh, Parks and Rec is kind of the go-to. Yeah, mine's The Office. Like it'll it'll be on <laughs> here after this interview. I got to do some work. I got to plug in. You just the yeah. background noise of The Office, and I always tell people oh. it makes me feel like I'm actually like I actually have coworkers. You know. Yeah. No, sometimes when you're doing light work, 
you can uh, you can afford to have something on in the background and yeah, oh totally. Parks and might go to. Okay, yeah. all right. How about um, uh, is there been a movie though that you've watched? Any sort of movies? Can't say I've seen a movie in a long time. Uh, oh. Airplanes used to be my go-to, but all right. uh, haven't been on a plane in a long time. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's funny. One of the things too, I, I've been blown away with uh, asking this question now so many times. Uh, people are like, I just don't have time for movies. And then, but that, then I ask them the other question. They're like, but I've watched this 12 hour thing uh, in bite sized chunks. You know, it's like, oh, you watch this like three part series yeah. thing, but you didn't, I don't have time for movies. Well, uh, you know, it's fine. It's, it's, it, it's kind of the attention level. Like, yeah, I can yeah. have parts and rack on in the background, right. but I need to focus on a new movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I totally get it. How about, um, how about podcasts? I mean, I know you listen to mine, like you said earlier. So you're always listening to mine. Yeah. Any, any other podcasts um, out there that, that you frequent? You know, I love podcasts. Um, you know, Russ Roberts, Econ Talk is great. Conversations with Tyler, Tyler Cowan, uh, Ezra Klein's awesome. Yeah. Um, going into politics, Positive America is really fun. Yep. I love to leave it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then sports, dunked on basketball, really happy basketball's back. Zach Lowe podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. it's been nice watching a little basketball lately. It's uh, I've been enjoying that. Oh. My uh, my son and I. It's it's nice. It's nice. How about um? All right, how about uh, um? How about books? Are you a book reader? Yeah, no, I read all the time. Um, you know, I found recently I've been taking things that are a little bit lighter. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a lot of a lot of heavy stuff around. Um, you know, I thought uh, Bad Blood was really fun. Hmm. Um, about Theranos, um, Conspiracy by Ryan Holiday, hmm. uh, about Peter Thiel and Hulk Hogan was really fun. Yeah. Um, what algorithms to live by? Uh, it's about you know every day using kind of uh, it's a data scientist or computer scientist uh, creating algorithms for your day to day situations like parking or finding an apartment. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, those ones were yeah. all, all recent. Interesting. How about, uh, and my last one will be, is there like a website you go to or blog for like, just to stay up in your industry or stay up on marketing or whatever it is, business-wise, is there like websites you go to or blogs? I mean, if there's one blog that I'd say I read the most, uh, it's China Law Blog. Um, just doing business over in China. Uh, it's a fantastic blog that anyone who is considering doing business with China or writing mm -hmm. contracts in China uh, they've got an absolute giant database of articles going back for years that will cover everything. Um, you know, when you I've never heard that trademarks and setting up a Chinese business. Yeah. Um, you know, incredibly smart guy, uh, but his whole law firm is really good. Hmm, that's awesome. Yeah. I thought for a minute, you, uh, if you're a rest of development fan, the, the Bob Law Law is what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, uh, what? No, all right, I got it. I got it. Well, cool. Well, where should China uh, where? Blog. <laughs> there you go. China blog. blog. Yeah. All right, cool. Where? Uh, so, where should people go to kind of dive into your world, see your other products, see your Kickstarter? Where? Where should? Uh, where should we send people? Yeah, I mean, if they can follow our Instagram, that's great. I mean, we we definitely keep people up to date there. Uh, if you go to our website, you can join our mailing list. Uh, you know, we'll send out updates about deals or new products or our launches, our uh, Kickstarter campaign. Obviously, check that out. Sell. Um, you know, our website again is ampere a m p e r e dot s h o p. Uh, so yeah, those are the the best places to find us. Or awesome, just awesome. email me chase chase at amperetech.co. Cool. Very, very cool. Well, I, I think this is a great product. It's very unique. It's cool looking. Uh, all the content's great. Um, you guys are doing an awesome job. You got 20 more days to go. I'm sure this campaign will keep growing. 
Um, and I'll send people as much as I can to your guys' page because I think it's a great campaign. Awesome, yeah. Uh, appreciate yeah, I appreciate you taking so time, much. man. Yeah, thanks so yeah, much for your it was time. A pleasure. Awesome, man. Right. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. All right, how about that conversation? I told you guys, it was a good one. It was a good one. There's a little bit of issue with, uh, he was over in uh, Hong Kong. So a little bit of issue with just like that timing. Cause I think the internet was running a little slow. Um, but I hope you guys still enjoyed it. And, uh, I, I always find it cr- just crazy when guys, you know, kick up a product within like, you know, three months, four months of it. Um, but again, this campaign is doing well. So again, go over, become a Gawker backer, at least back them for a dollar. That way you can watch the campaign. I think that's a huge important thing. So if you're thinking about running a campaign is, you know, join the world, join our community, put that dollar in and watch what's happening behind the scenes. So, all right, everybody. Um, I hope you guys are having a, hope you guys had a great weekend. Number one, we're going to have an awesome week. I will be, I will get you a Thursday episode while I'm on vacation. So stay tuned for that. Um, for everybody else, go to woodshed.agency to dive into more info. There's a ton of stuff there. Just start clicking around. You'll find a whole bunch of valuable information. And for everybody else, hope you guys have a great couple days and I'll talk to you all on Thursday. Later. It's been 55 days and my phone ain't ring. Check my email and I ain't got a thing. Ain't had no human contact with somebody. It's been 50